Christmas is upon us. We're in the season of Advent, holidays, holiday activities, parties, all kinds of things going on. Many of us looking forward to time together with family. There are some this season who will not have an opportunity or not as much time together with family, particularly those who are incarcerated, those who are in prison, and and their families as well. Joining me by phone this morning, the Reverend James Rivette. He's the District Prison Ministry Coordinator for the LCMS Southern Illinois District, and also for the LCMS uh, for the, the LCMS as a whole, as well as the Contract Prison Ministry Coordinator. Pastor Rivette, welcome back to Faith and Family. Thank you, Annie. It's good to be with you, and we're, we appreciate the opportunity to share the gospel with you all. Always a pleasure to talk with you and others in prison ministry to learn how we can care for those in prison. I know you work closely also with Pastor Nairt, who's been on before as well, to talk about prison ministry. And you you have a, quite a, a, a history in prison ministry as well. Tell me a little bit about your career um, or your vocation, I should say, in prison ministry. Well, yeah, very, very briefly, my first call to St. Luke's Lutheran Church Olmstead uh, in October of 1977 when I got ordained, I started going into Shawnee, excuse me, Vienna Prison then, uh, doing a weekly Bible study and then once a month a Lutheran worship service, and then I would offer individual counseling. And so then for 20 years I was with the Federal Bureau of Prisons as a supervisory chaplain from 1982 to 2002, and then when I retired from that, I uh, went back into doing uh, volunteer work as a chaplain, a uh, volunteer chaplain, and presently I go into three prisons a week. I go into three state prisons, uh, two on Tuesday and one on Thursday, and then uh, once a month I go to Graham Correctional Center up by Hillsborough and to um, uh, Dixon Springs, uh, and then I also am a backup chaplain for Harrisburg the juvenile facility where we have a pastors going in there. So uh, I, I don't, I don't seem to have retired very well. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like, it sounds like a very relaxing t- retirement. Oh, well, it's, it's, the, the, the relaxing is, is that I'm no longer a supervisory chaplain, so I don't have to worry about budgets and meetings and, and all the bureaucracy. I just get to go in and share the gospel and, and uh, minister to the men. Uh, I, don't minister, I don't go into any women's facilities right now. Uh, and then, of course, whatever contact I have with their families in the visiting room, uh, which is limited. Uh, but yeah, I don't have all the the headaches of being a quote a bureaucrat unquote. <laughs> <laughs> well, through so. through your years of experience in prison ministry, paint a picture for me. What does what does that begin to look like during the holidays? You know, this time of year when when many families are thinking about family gatherings and and uh, uh, you know Christmas services, things like that. What does prison ministry look like during the the holidays? Yeah, well. Uh, depending on the prison, uh, whether it's a state or a federal one, uh, they may or may, uh, because of uh, the chapels have to be um, sec- uh, sectarian, they can't have any religious symbols up. If they do put up a Christmas tree, uh, it's going to get covered by it with a sheet when the Muslims or the Jews or another faith, or world faith group's in there. Um, and sometimes they'll let us make use of an Advent wreath uh, in the chapel. Uh, so just in terms of the physical layout, that's about as close as we get. Uh, sometimes uh, in the prisons, uh, of course, the inmates wouldn't see these. They may have a Christmas tree in the front lobby where you come into the to the building, but most of the time it's 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 pretty much the same. Uh, like I say, with the exception of the chapel, 
which may or may not allow us to have the Advent wreath and or a Christmas tree up. The, uh, the, the where the spirit comes from is uh, you know we, we we make use of the portals of prayers and and uh, uh, Advent devotions. We try to get those into the hands of the inmates um, and their families so they can at least have that kind of reminder. Uh, and then in my Bible studies and worship services, uh, we'll observe the four Sundays of Advent, although this year's the, we, the fourth Sunday of Advent is a real short one. <laughs> so, uh, but, About half uh, a day. <laughs> yeah, half a day, and then you're going to Christmas Eve. But we at least try to introduce it to them, uh, to the folks, uh, and some of them have a little bit of history with that, so it's it's always fun to, to help them struggle with um, understanding the importance of those uh, of the season of Advent in preparation for Christ's first uh, his second coming, but also celebrating his first coming. So, um, like this past week, um, the chaplain is going to give me permission next week to bring in an Advent wreath. Uh, I had to take it back out, but I can at least take it in and show them what an Advent wreath looks like and how, and and explain the importance to it. And so. Um, so we do we, we we try to help them that way, in terms of the, um, their Bible studies. Uh, the hymns I pick are Advent hymns. Uh, I purposely, you know, because they're be, they're already being bombarded with all the Christmas songs. In fact, one of the inmates said uh, yesterday, uh, he said he said. So we don't get to sing any Christmas hymns. I said, "Sure, you do. On Christmas Eve, we'll, or Christmas Day, we'll sing some hymns." Oh, okay. He says, "He says I'm not used to that. Well, I'm taking him through instruction right now, so he's learning uh, about, you know, through. In fact, we're in the Lord's Prayer right now, hmm. um, through the, on the third petition. So he's learning about the the, the uh, value of, and of course, it's really easy for the inmates and their families to understand waiting." Uh, the, uh, the opportunity then becomes to connect that to the gospel and our waiting for our Lord's company coming and and, the, and they're waiting to be released and they're waiting to live a, a new life. And I say, well, when Christ comes, we get to new, live a new life without sin, uh, you know, with a new heaven and a new earth. So there's easy ways to make some connections to Advent. Uh, but, they, you know, the, 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 and one of the inmates said, because I take their prayer request, he says, pray that I get something for Christmas this year. And he says, I don't want another coal in my stocking, so to speak. And I said, okay. And he, we both kind of chuckled, you know. But um, in some institutions, like in the federal institutions, uh, just before Christmas, they, they'll hand out, um, they'll, they may hand out a little Christmas, or, or they call them holiday bags, packages, uh, <laughs> that may have some fruit and some cookies in it from, uh, that the prisons bought for them. Um, but it's pretty stark, is, I guess, the picture I want to give you um, or the, in our audience in terms of what happens. And so, so visits uh, from the family become really important for the guys and for the families to celebrate uh, Christmas. And, it's, you know, of course, the visiting room is limited in terms of how much touching they can do uh, and what they can have. And, and in fact... They usually have to get food out of the vending machines if they're there on Christmas Day. So it's not like anything normal that you would know in terms of a family gathering around a dinner. Um, you know, they'll gather around the vending machine to see what they want to have that day, um, uh, which would be almost like a normal visiting day any other time of the year. 
So it becomes an opportunity not to be bombarded by the commercialism uh, and have an opportunity to, to share the gospel, but it also becomes a very difficult time because they're grieving the loss of being with their families and loved ones of what it means to be out there doing Christmas shopping and, and, and sharing gifts and going to church together. Um, because they're not even allowed. Uh, well, at one prison they did allow us to have on Christmas Day uh, families that wanted to come. When I was the chaplain at the federal prison at Marion uh, for the camp, they would let me bring the um, uh, the families over to worship with their husbands uh, in the in the in the camp chapel, and that was a great service, you know. And you could just tell. Uh, it, it was such a spirit of joy that they were getting to praise the Lord and his birth together, uh, even though they were in a prison setting. And so those became very special times. You mentioned earlier that there are some very readily available illustrations, you know, the connection between Advent being a season in which we wait and one serving, uh, they're, they're their sentence in prison. I hadn't really made that connection before, but you know, at the beginning of the program, I was talking about the season of Advent being a, a penitential season. We don't always think yeah. of it as a penitential season, but there's a reason we use uh, you know violet or purple or or blue uh, pyramids mm-hmm. and candles during the season. It's it's a penitential season. Perhaps it's more subtle than Lent, but it is. Uh, a, a, it's a penitential season. In which we wait, there is hope. It's a season of hope. Uh, we're not waiting without hope, but it is a, a penitential season. What an interesting um, a connection that I hadn't even thought of. Thanks for for pointing that out. The, that connection to to prison ministry and that the time of waiting in prison. Yeah. Yeah, and the other connection, since you mentioned penitential, in our Bible discussions this week, we were focusing on the gospel reading for this coming Sunday from the three-year series, which of course is Mark 1, verses 1 to 8, where John is preaching to repent, and the the epistle in the Old Testament. And, And so we had a really interesting discussion, not only asking the Lord to forgive us of our sins that we've committed, and the sins that they had committed to get them to where they were, but then to ask God to forgive them for how they've been dealing with their spiritual problems by trying to handle the waiting by themselves uh, when they have all these emotions that are going on. Uh, I shared with him, I says, do you understand that when you came to prison, a piece of you died and a piece of your family members died because now it's like you're dead, but you're alive, but you're not touchable. You're, we can't be together all the time. And so we talked about how we try to handle all those emotions by ourselves instead of doing what our Lord tells us in Matthew uh, to bring all of our burdens to him. And so we made that other connection this past week uh, in terms of that penitential voice that you're talking about. And I, I, I would suspect the same is true for our listeners at home that that, that won't have loved ones at the, at the table with them when they gather on Christmas Day or New Year's Day, uh, the loss of a loved one. Uh, and how they've tried to handle some of that uh, pain by themselves and our need for to ask the Lord to forgive us for thinking we can handle all of our own spiritual problems, but the, but it's finally the Christ child who takes the, man, the wood of that manger and turns it into the wood of the cross for our forgiveness. Mm-hmm. How do you, as a, uh, as a chaplain, how do you care for those who are the family of those who are incarcerated? How do you... Uh, minister to them and care for them when they're missing their loved ones through the holidays? Uh, pretty 
much the same way we do with the inmates in terms of uh, visiting with them as we're allowed to do that uh, in the visiting room. Uh, you know, um, we're limited as volunteers. We're limited in terms of our contact with um, the inmates' family members or, or, or friends. Uh, that's one of the restrictions both in federal and most state prisons. Your volunteers are not allowed to, to have contact with them unless it's under a supervised setting like, like the visiting room. And so on occasion, uh, there'll be a request from a, an inmate that I'll have to take through the staff chaplain to stop in the visiting room and visit with that. The, the the inmate and his family and and of course that becomes a time of of listening and caring for them and and time of prayer together uh and thanking the lord uh for getting them through these difficult times um and so we're pretty limited in that um what's real helpful uh and and I I just offer this as a suggestion for your for the listeners uh that you know some of you could be visiting folks that are in in prisons or jails you could call the local chaplain and ask him what you could do to visit and if not visit uh you know uh, there are ministries where you can get involved in terms of um, being a, a pen pal uh, letters become very important, and Christmas cards, uh, it's amazing how important Christmas cards become. Um, in fact, the LWML, a number of LWML societies will take Christmas cards and they'll cut them up and make them cro- into crosses, and then we'll put a scripture verse on the back of them, and, so, and, the, and we're allowed to give those to the inmates like bookmarkers uh, that they'll carry. And it's interesting how many of them will take those little Christmas card crosses and, and use them as their bookmarkers. And so the LW, that's one of the ways that we help us through the LWML Society of handing out crosses and Bibles and, and Luther, Luther Small Catechism. Uh, we, we try to use those, too, in terms of a time of helping the families and the inmates. Um, we also will talk to the families about if they've got a home church, and if they don't, directing them to a uh, to a Lutheran church where they can where they can begin to develop a relationship um, to have that support of the local pastor and congregation. Um, and so, you know, you, people could contact their pastor. Um, you know, families are not always willing to sit to tell a congregation that they've got a family member in prison, but they may share it with the pastor, you know, and the pastor may have some ideas or some need some help in, in providing support for the families uh, where the where a loved one's there because Christmas time can be very lonely, um, you know, and if the pastor has permission to share that information with his members, um, that that would be another way that we we can support them. Um, but unfortunately, for volunteer chaplains, it becomes very limited in what we can do. Mostly, like I said, through the visiting room and through the through that person's pastor and or congregation. Paint a, a picture for me of what it what how you have brought that. That narrative of the nativity, the incarnation, God made man uh, to those in prison. How do you bring this Christmas text to those in prison? Oh, well, you know, 
Luke and, and uh, Matthew both give us some wonderful narratives there in terms of that description of the birth child. And because they are listening, you know, hearing the radio and seeing on television Christmas programs, it becomes real easy then to say to them, well, let's talk about how Christ is being born in you. Uh, and in connection with your baptism, in connection with your study of the Word. Uh, but one of the most powerful ways, of course, is the Christ coming. And as I mentioned before, he took the wood of that manger and turned it into the wood of the cross. Uh, and at Christmas time, uh, because they are separated from their families, it becomes uh, the, the, uh, one of the easiest connections or the most powerful connections uh, is for them to get connected to Christ and the forgiveness that he gave them and the assurance of that, because that's their, one of their biggest struggles is really believing that Christ has forgiven them for their particular crime, particularly if it's a crime of violence uh, or, or harming another person. Um, and so, so we talk about uh, that Christ child and, the, and him being in the swaddling clothes, and that that swaddling cloth becomes like a robe of righteousness for us that covers our sins. And so there's lots of different ways. Uh, in fact, it was interesting, uh, if I may just share real quickly, a personal, uh, an individual story. I won't tell you the inmate's name, um, but he's fairly new to my Bible classes. And so uh, we, you know, we as we were talking about Christ coming, I was talking to him after the Bible class, and, and he said, and his question, he says, I really have trouble believing, you know, that he was born of a virgin, because, you know, I know how babies are born, I know what it takes. And I said, well, let's talk about what it means to be believing. Uh, and and if you're, do you believe that he died on the cross? Yes. Do you believe that he rose again? I, he said, yes. I says, well, then, automatically, then you're going to believe in his birth because he was without sin. And he said, I can't imagine that. I says, no, you can't. Neither can I. I says, but the joy is, is that someday when the Lord does come again, the season of Advent, the second coming, then you and I will be in our glorified bodies and there will be no more sin. And all of the sorrow and the pain that you're feeling from what you did that separates you from this, this will be his first Christmas without being with his family. Um, and I said, and you'll be with the family of God forever. So uh, for him, uh, when I said that to him, he says, he says, my wife wants me to be a Christian so I can spend eternity with her. And he had big tears in his eyes. And so I says, well, then you believe in the Christ child, don't you? And his birth. He says, I'm still struggling with it, but it makes more sense now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mm. So, uh, so that's usually the way, uh, and that's the joy. Sometimes, you know, as much ministry happens after Bible class or after worship services, when these guys come up, and I have a chance to spend a little time with them one on one. Certainly, to have that time to uh, to to not only study the word but also to discuss it and to to pray and to answer those questions. That's that's important. I can't help but think of. His family as well, you know, pointed out that that he'll be away from his family. His family will be apart from him as well. This will be their first Christmas yeah. without him. I would gather. Yeah, and and I and I ask him. I said, so what kinds of things are you sending to your family uh, to get connected with them? I said, what kind of Christmas present can you give them? Uh, and he says, well, I can't give them anything. I says, yes, you can. I says, don't think physical. Uh, per se, but think of the things that your family needs to hear from you 
Uh, and so, you know, uh, as I mentioned, when a person goes into prison, a piece of them dies and a piece of them dies, die as well. And so I said, maybe you need to ask your wife and, and your parents uh, they don't have any children, if I recall correctly. And I says, what kinds of things do you need to ask forgiveness for the, from them for? You know, where is there still a struggle to trust, just as you have struggles in trusting uh, the, uh, the validity of Christ being born of a Virgin Mary? Um, where do they need to be have their faith strengthened, uh, not only in the Lord, but in you again? And so I said, that could be the greatest Christmas present you give them, that you ask them how you can love them and assure them uh, of, of how the Lord's working in your life uh, and through the Christ child. Um, and, and so I said, and I said, maybe you need to sit down and write a letter uh, with that. And he says, I'll do that. And he says, will you, will you look at it before I send it? I said, well, yeah, I can't smell it for you. I says, but I'll be glad to look at it and see what kinds of suggestions I might be able to make. So he says, well, I'll bring the letter next week then. I said, okay. So so you know, I pray that he's busy writing a letter to his family to offer the Christmas gifts of the Christ child. Mm. How can we, uh, the, those of us in the pew, um, those in out in the community, how can we care for, um, how can we serve our neighbor, love our neighbor, uh, whether they're in prison or family members of those who are in prison? Yeah, well, first of all, prayer, of course, is to pray for those in prison and for their families and their loved ones, and for the victims, too, uh, that suffer from, uh, that, that may, may be suffering from that particular uh, crime. Um, and so prayer, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, your pastor may know of someone in the, uh, in the congregation who has a family member in prayer or in prison or in jail. Is there something that they can do to assist the pastor with? So they can contact the local chaplain of a jail or of a, cha- or of a prison and see if there's anything that they, they can do. Um, uh, uh, last year, um, uh, a group of uh, uh, LWML ladies uh, had contacted a local jail, uh, and they asked. There wasn't a chaplain, staff chaplain there, uh, but the, uh, the jail administrator said they could use some Bibles, and so they went out and bought a couple cases of Bibles and had them sent to the jail in care of the administrator, so he could hand out the Word of God. Um, and so, you know, I thought, wow, what a, that was nice and creative of them. Um, and so there's those kinds of things, um, it, it, you know, it, and, and we do have people who are going into prisons, uh, that you can pray for, um, that are both pastors and lay people or, or deacons or deaconesses, um, they, and you can contact them to see what kinds of things you might be able to do, um, to assist them because, uh, and some of the prisons were allowed to. Like I mentioned, to bring in the Christmas card crosses uh, or Bibles or Ruther small catechisms, and we need some financial support for those. Um, in fact, the LWML, uh, the Southern Illinois District, yeah, LWML, gave us a grant 
for 10 of our pastors who go into prisons uh, to buy extra uh, Bible study materials to be used in the prison. So there's there's that mechanism as well. Pastor Rivette, we are all out of time. Thank you for sharing with us today about prison ministry during the holidays. God bless you during this Advent season and upcoming Nativity. All right, thank you, and God bless you, and bless those who are listening. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word. been listening to Faith and Family, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518, or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Faith and Family is a production of KFUO Radio. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere, since 1924. Text the letters KFUO to 41444 to join the legacy with your tax-deductible gift.